Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 25 of the Message Board Geniuses podcast. This is Who's, and I've got Casey Joy and MBG with me again this week. I'm going to start by apologizing for my voice. It's probably going to go in and out a little bit, but as you all know, I'm, I'm gutty. I've got a lot of heart. This is like my Jordan <laughs> flu game. So uh, we'll see if we can power through this bad boy. All right, so basketball season's over. We've got four months until football season. Thought we'd just start off by talking about what you guys are going to be watching or focusing on over the next couple months to tide us over until football. Casey, what about you? I don't know if you guys know this, but the best time of year, I say this a lot during the year, but the best time of year, this time of year, is the NHL playoffs. I'm a huge NHL fan, and so the NHL playoffs are going to start Monday and Tuesday. So I'm pumped for that. And then, of course, Clemson baseball. I, I do watch a lot of college baseball, I should say. So that's holding me over for now. Speaking of college baseball, Joy, I'm assuming that you got, you're got you probably focused a little bit on the college baseball season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, love LSU baseball. And I'm going to watch us until we implode. <laughs> Knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But with all the injuries that are happening every week, I'm not super hopeful about the longevity of our season. And then – um, believe it or not, I love gymnastics, and LSU is a huge gymnastics school. So they actually won today and are going to the national championship. So I'm watching them, watching them too. Hope we can LSU can get two natties in a month. That'd be pretty sick. So. That'd be awesome. That'd be like UVA esque. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, they're yeah, kind of men's tennis, club. women's tennis. Yeah, yeah because they're kind of country club natties, right? All right, MBG. We've got MBG. He's coming to us from his car, the first part of the podcast here today. MBG, what are you watching these days? You guys are talking about baseball. Is that the game where they try to hit the the ball with the stick? That's the one. (laughs) Hopefully he's he's watching the road. (laughs) I don't really – I kind of use this time of year to not watch anything and take a break. I'll watch a little NBA playoffs. That's really it. I don't really get into baseball too much. Some spring football. I'm gonna see what how the transfer portal for college basketball looks, but that's about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna refresh uh, and get ready for football season, I suppose. Yeah, the transfer portal. It's funny. It kind of makes football and basketball almost a year-round sport now, right? I mean, because I I mean we lost so many guys in basketball, and so. I mean, we're really trying to figure out who is going to be, you know, on our roster next year. But for me, I'm kind of like Joy. I've got two things I'm watching. UVA baseball has actually been killing it this year. We're 30 and four. I think we're ranked like number seven and looking really good. We just, we have a guy who just set the all-time UVA record for home run career home runs, which is kind of cool. And then obviously this is lax season for us. I mean, that's one of the one of the country club sports that we usually do pretty well in. And we're good again this year. We're top five. And then I'm a, I've am been an O's fan. And they were probably my first love. I've been an Orioles fan since I was like eight years old. And they're uh, on the rebound a little bit finally. They're, uh, they're around 500 right now. But um, they've got a great farm system. And um, they should be good until, you know, the Yankees and Dodgers and Padres sign all of our players in two or three years. So we've got a, a chance to make like, a Houston-like run maybe in the next couple of years here. Just Rutschman. Oh, man, God, that guy's so good. And I, I'm just going to enjoy him like Machado. I'm just going to enjoy him while I can, right? All right, so we had a lot of fun last week doing the mailbag. We thought we'd do a couple more this week. We have two questions. The first one comes from a Twitter user and friend of the podcast at Five Foot Nothing Pod, And he asks, would you rather, A, kick a field goal as time expired to win the CFB championship, B, Get a walk-off home run to win the College World Series, or C, drain a three-pointer as time expired to win the national championship. All right, so what do you guys have on this one? Baseball's always been my sport. College World Series is probably, arguably, my favorite sporting event that I've ever been to, and it wasn't even Clemson-related. I would say, without a doubt, hitting a walk-off home run in the College World Series. Nice. Joy, what about you? 
I'm kicking a field goal and winning the college football playoff and national championship every day of the week. Yeah, I figured you pick football. That's the- <laughs> three, three of the four of these, I think I could I could call. I'm not sure about the next guy. Yeah. All right, MBG, what about you? Well, I don't know that I'd pick kicking a field goal because you're still not going to get the credit for winning that game. Quarterback or running back or someone else is going to get the credit for winning that game. So I'm going to take the, the uh, hit in the shot at the end of the national championship game for basketball. All day. Yeah, so I, think I, almost... could, I think I could do that, too. If someone would give me a chance, I think I could do that. <laughs> you got eligibility left? I think so. I haven't used any. Speaking of the transfer portal. It's all those Nobody... years of playing on the carpeted courts in the church, MBG. Right? <laughs> I just need somebody. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm a glory hound. So I, I, I'd want as many eyeballs as possible, which means for me it would be either basketball or football. The only way I'd pick football is if the field goal was an absolute nuke, like a 65-yard field goal to win the net, right? Because, like, that would get thrown. I, I just want it to live on as long as possible. So if it was something like that, I would say I'd possibly do football. But, I mean, if you hit a three to, to win a natty, I mean, to me that's that would just be insane. And, like, that Chris Jenkins shot. We see it every year, right? When a tournament run yep. rolls around, like every single year, you'd, you'd be on TV forever. You know, you'd be able to be my age, sitting at a bar, pointing at the TV, saying, "Oh, look, that's me!" Right? Yeah. I think that would just be—I don't know—that would be the coolest one to me. You bring up a great point, who's because if you think about it, you're going to remember the guy in basketball. That college basketball, the NCAA tournament, is so popular. You're going to remember the guy in football probably because it's the most popular. In baseball, outside of Warren Morris from LSU, you don't remember necessarily. There was another one, Vanderbilt. His name's John Norwood, hit a walk-off home run for them a couple years ago. But you don't really talk about him. But you remember Warren Morris. So it's kind of anonymous when you're going baseball. Another one of those non-rep sports, I guess, doesn't necessarily get the notoriety. Yeah, because it's not like Chris Jenkins played in the NBA. I mean, he was a good college player, but he, you know, he wasn't all-American or anything. He was a like a you know solid college guy and everybody knows that name um, I mean, we'll take george you know christian leitner you know oh, yeah. Chris no, 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 we don't need to mention christian leitner come on <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome joy yeah <laughs> christian leitner and warren morris i'm feeling all the love today yeah. <laughs> team right side <laughs> all right so we, we've got a second mailbag question this week we knew that one would be pretty short so the second one is comes from twitter user dr flax who says or asks rather What's your favorite college football entrance tradition? So let's go around the horn again. Casey, what about you? You know, again, I, I think everyone that listens to this thing knows where my allegiance lies. And I, I do love the, the Clemson entrance. There was nothing better than a few years ago when they had a Saturday night game and Brett Musburger was doing it. And they, he just laid out for the whole five minutes of the entrance where the buses come around the stadium. The guys get off the bus, rub the rock, run down the hill. I'm going to not say that one, even though it's probably the one that I truly love the most for obvious reasons. Another one that I really truly like though, is Virginia tech. I just, I love the enter Sandman. Uh, I think that's a great entrance and the way that they walk it and they carry the flag and they have the lunchbox. I know your, your Virginia users probably aren't going to like that too much, but I, I think it's, it's when you're in that stadium, it rocks and those guys, the students bouncing up and down, it's a neat entrance. And my last place is South Carolina. <laughs> okay. Casey, bringing up Christian Leitner and Virginia Tech back-to-back is just trying to hurt me at this point. I, I mean, <laughs> just to kick you while you're down. You know, yeah, you got exactly. a cold. And... <laughs> All right, Joy, how about you? So, I'm kind of similar to Casey. I could very easily go with LSU. They actually don't do it anymore, but the coolest thing that I think they ever did was they would put Mike the Tiger in his cage and put him outside of the opposing team's locker room. And Tim Tebow still says to this day that it was the most intimidating environment he ever walked into because he walks out of his locker room to a live tiger that's like roaring in his face. Um, and then Mike would in the cage would go around Tiger Stadium. And I just thought it was absolutely sick as the team ran out. But to continue supporting team right side, I went to a Clemson game this past year and I thought that their tradition of getting fully in uniform and getting on the bus and going down and rubbing the rock and then sprinting down was so cool to see and they do a great job highlighting it with recruiting and things of that nature and i'm a recruiting fiend so i like watching how that all plays out but i loved clemson's intro and we'll go back literally just 
just for that aspect of it. You know, the only thing more intimidating to Tebow than the tiger, right? Well, it wasn't his murdering teammates. So uh, I was going to say, I was going to say a book, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call a callback, kids. That's a call. <laughs> yeah, you had to watch the first episode. Yeah. You couldn't, you know. It's been so long, I forgot about that. <laughs> All right, uh, MBG, what do you have? Well, I will have to agree with Casey because the one I immediately thought of was Virginia Tech primarily because of the Enter Sandman song. I don't know that it's possible to listen to that song and not be totally fired up no matter where you're at, but to, to watch it to start out a game um, and the way they do it uh, is awesome. And until somebody comes out to rage against the machine, then I will always pick Virginia Tech and Enter Sandman. Yeah, I, I can even admit that it's cool, the, the way they do that. Um, that that's a that's a pretty awesome. When they were good, it was intimidating. Now it's just kind of cute, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I feel better. All right, so I'm I'm going with Ralphie at Colorado, just because anytime you can take the most dangerous animal you can get your hands on, and <laughs> it all worked up, and send it sprinting across the field at 20 miles an hour while surrounded by innocent bystanders, that's like to me the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and my favorite thing is there. So there are five people. I don't know if you guys have watched it closely. There's a guy in the back who basically is a human parachute who is just like leaning back with all of his weight to try and slow the thing down. It, it's I, I just think it's hilarious. And I don't know if you guys saw the uh, video of Dion with Ralphie. Did you guys see that on Twitter? Mm-hmm. I did not. It was it was kind of funny because they they took him in the trailer to get him to feed uh, Ralphie. And so they showed him, they were like, well, just, you know, keep your fingers together or, you know, she might bite your finger off. And he got so scared and was, I guess, so grossed out. They had to put gloves on him to feed Ralphie. <laughs> um, he, he, didn't, he didn't want Ralphie eating out of his bare hand. So uh, anyway, that, that one's pretty cool. But also, yeah, part of it is just the living on the edge and wondering if something's going to go horribly awry. It makes it a lot more fun. <laughs> Like that little 145-pound dude in the back is really going to make Ralphie stop, you know? Right. And you think that's you think that's more intimidating than a covered wagon coming out? <laughs> well, but I was Joy, you'll like this. Of course, I was discussing this with my buddies, and one of them, I, I was talking about this question, and one of them said uh, something like, "Yeah, you know, having a, a foppish guy dressed up as a cavalier." prancing around on a horse isn't the most intimidating thing ever. I don't know if you guys have seen our entrance before, but it's it's, Sounds- it's the least intimidating entrance, except for the one time the guy got bucked off um, on his way out of the tunnel. That was There's a gif of that. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> Another one, too, is Florida State. I, I think Florida State has a really cool one, too, where the guy rides out on a horse and uh, with the flaming spear. But, again, same thing like Virginia Tech. It was intimidating when they were good. No, it's just cute. I'm surprised they still do that. To be honest with you, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, surprised I am too. That, I'm surprised that one hasn't hasn't gotten canceled yet because it's it's a it's a tiny bit cringy, but <laughs> you know, it's Florida State. So. What, a white dude with a painted tan face? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, <laughs> just a tiny bit. All right. So yeah, I'm a big fan of this mailbag thing. I think this will probably be a recurring Thank you thing. Both. Especially during the off season, because because the post will start picking up a little bit once we get closer to football season. All right, well that brings us to our next segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference, someone who did something particularly ridiculous in the last week. We'll put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. We had another vote last week. I got back in the win column with Jill Biden, taking on forty eight point two percent of the vote, followed by Casey's nominee Keith Olbermann. With 37.7%. So now we got a three-way tie. Casey, Joy, and Hoos with three wins apiece. And MBG is um, <laughs> in, in, in second. He's in the car. <laughs> so, I mean, it's going to happen one of these days, MBG. Um, it's this, this is the week. This is the week. I mean, you were on a heater last week when you won that the first uh, – you won – oh, the the – Fast Chad six event decathlon. So yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, we'll see if we can get you in the win column this week. Casey, who do you have for Genius of the Week? This week, I'm going to the well, MBG's well, and I'm going out to the message boards, TexAx, and it's Twitter user at InsaneAggie, spelled with a Y, Posse. I don't know if you guys saw this, but MBG has a little bit of a following on Twitter, and so he posted a rather innocuous tweet from TexAx that said, Ags for the natty. This is the year. King could not have worked in this offense. Quick release and quick plays are the key play, key this year. Doubters can be doubters, but the maroon Kool-Aid is flowing here. Let's go, Aggies. To which this angry person, this insane Aggie, responded with, I'm tired of you pooping on A&M message board. Shut your dirty mouth. There is nothing wrong with a fan believing and hoping at the start of the season. MBG is wonderful with his responses if you haven't interacted with him before, and he puts out these wonderful memes. So he responded with, you know what? I'm going to start doing it even harder, which made me laugh. (laughs) To which which insane Aggie Posse comes back with, the mistake you made was listing this as a business. I know exactly who you are. Would you like me to share with the world? And at that point, that's what piqued my attention. Because it's like, oh, we're going to go doxing. We're going to dox MBG right here. And it never happened. So if you're going to call your shot, you know, you know, follow through a little bit. So for that, Insane Aggie Posse on Twitter is my genius of the week. And it wasn't even a bad post. That was a crazy thing. It's like it wasn't, it was one of the least insane Texas A&M posts he's ever posted. He was just like, Literally. Right? It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a weird one to get worked up about. You think this guy was like sitting in this couch, like he's gonna? Oh, he's angry. Yeah, he's pissed. He still hasn't revealed my identity, though. I'm waiting. I'm, on I'm, it. I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. I just love how his name is Insane Aggie, as if not all Aggies are insane. <laughs> it should have said Insane Aggie Cult, but it just said yeah, possibly. exactly. He said the Kool Aid's flowing. I'm like, it that never stops flowing. <laughs> Even at four and eight. That's right. All right, Joy, who do you have this week? Well, I'm sure that you all saw this week that Cliff Kingsbury was hired by Lincoln Riley to be an offensive analyst at USC. So for this, Lincoln Riley is my genius of the week, and here's why. Because I had some time this week. I felt like you, Hoos. I had time. I did my research. So last year, USC finished in the top – Five in total offense for the year. They actually finished at number three in total offense of the entire year. Do you know where they finished in defense? <laughs> Lower. Not, not in the top three? Not in the top three. In a, Out of 131 FBS schools, USC finished 106th. And Lincoln Riley, no matter what school he's at, no matter where he's coaching, no matter what, re- absolutely refuses to acknowledge the fact that it could just be that maybe his defense is the problem. He's going to go out and hire all these offensive masterminds as if he isn't a great offensive coach himself. He's probably He's got a Heisman contender at quarterback. And it goes and hires a former NFL guy that's also pretty good with offense, brings him on as an offensive analyst, and we're still sitting here going, the offense wasn't the problem. So, like, I just – I don't understand how you just go hire all these offensive geniuses and you you just refuse to acknowledge your like your your shortcomings. I I don't understand it. They allowed five thousand nine hundred and thirty five yards of offense last season. Yeah, that's they allowed four hundred and twenty three yards per game. And they're like, and Lincoln's response is, "Let's go hire Cliff." You know, I really think he's going to be the difference maker next year. No, you're going to get pummeled yet again, probably in your conference championship, maybe before that. And if you dare to make the playoffs, you'll get pummeled there too because defense still matters. So for that, Lincoln Riley is my genius of the week. So the, to paraphrase MBG, they're going to do offense even harder next year. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he hired as the quarterback's coach? And I think previously when, when Riley was at Oklahoma and now USC, I think he – was the quarterbacks coach, head coach slash quarterbacks coach, and he had who Manziel or he had he's won four Heisman's, he's had four quarterbacks win a Heisman, right? Hertz, uh, Kyler Murray, Caleb Williams. I mean, he's you're he, he like Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Does he need Cliff Kingsbury to be the 
No. He was really hired as a senior offensive analyst because I think they already have a quarterback's guy, but it says that he'll work with quarterbacks. But he oh, was hired as an analyst because their staff is already full of offensive geniuses. But they just needed one more. That's really going to be the difference maker next year. Well, if they score 100 every game, they don't need to worry about their defense. What's the, right. de- what's the defensive coordinator's name? Grinch. Um, Alex Grinch. I was blanking on that. Yeah, man. Any uh, reading uh, USC fans talking about him is always fun on Twitter whenever you get bored. Um, <laughs> it's a rabbit hole. There's no yeah, question. It, it is. It's a, it's, a, it's a very entertaining rabbit hole. <clears throat> All right, MBG, is this the week? Well, we're going to find out. So I don't know if you guys pay attention to conference realignment rumors or if that's something you're into. Joy, I know it probably doesn't affect you too much, but um, if you are, which I like to follow them, for some reason there's a guy on Twitter who goes by the handle at MHVER3. He's a West Virginia fan, and he's got quite a following, and all he does is pump out crazy rumors on conference realignment as though he has some inside beat on the Pac-12 especially. Why a West Virginia fan would have some inside knowledge about what's going on with the Pac-12, I have no idea. But he's been doing this for years. And he'll put out these tweets, you know, like all these tweets, like you see guys on message boards who have rumors who might that might not come true, and they'll say things like, well, there's a lot of moving parts or things are liquid or this is going to happen, barring some unforeseen circumstance. So they always kind of give themselves a way out, which he always does. But he had posted back in March, because I think people always get on his case, he says, he sent out a tweet that says, say what you will about me, but at least I don't delete tweets and claim Photoshop when I have bad information. And then this week, he put out a tweet that said, I heard from a source that Colorado board may vote on leaving the PAC-12 as early as this Monday. To which the athletic director from Colorado responded and said there is absolutely no truth to this tweet. (laughs) So guess what our friend at MHVR3, who never deletes tweets, guess what he did? Deleted his tweet. He deleted his tweet. And then he said, sorry for deleting the previous tweet. I don't normally delete anything, but it was requested by the source who shared the info. So he didn't delete his tweet because Rick George, the athletic director from Colorado, came out and said it was absolutely false. He did it because some source. An unnamed source. right? Unnamed source <laughs> told him to delete it. And if you follow this guy, you know, he's full of crap and people kind of eat up whatever he's saying because uh, they want to believe it. But for that, he's my genius of the week and should probably be my genius of the month and year. But. We'll just make it for the week for now. Yeah, this is where if you, if this is a video podcast, you would see uh, MBG derisively using air quotes around source. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so my genius of the week is kind of connected to Joy's and the Casey's because it's a uh, Texas fan discussing Lincoln Riley. So this is Texas fan TMAC 34 on the Horns 247 board who is – comparing Lincoln Riley and Steve Sarkeesian. And he says, oh, yes, this perfect apples-to-apples comparison. Sark was handed a broken-down Ford up on blocks, while Lincoln was handed a brand-new sports car ready to go. But you're right. Like a video game, and Sark should have turned 0-10 Washington into 10-0 overnight. Lincoln is such a great coach, he couldn't even win the Pac-12 with a far superior talent advantage. Lincoln took that sports car and drove it into the ground, then he jumped to another car his uncle gave him. Meanwhile, Sark is the guy usually cleaning up people like Lincoln's messes. See Washington, see USC. I mean, I, I guess this guy's overarching point is that Sark is a much better coach than Lincoln Riley, which I've got no skin in this game at all, but the numbers don't exactly support this, right? Like Riley's at 66 and 13 in six seasons. He won four Big 12 titles. He's made the college football playoffs several times, had a bunch of Heisman winners. Sark is, I think he's won nine games once, you know, and he's 59 and 47 in a little over eight seasons. He's never finished ranked higher than number 20. So, like, I, I don't care how much you like Sark. I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy and all that stuff, but just trying to make this argument and then not even, frankly, doing a very good job of it. 
is uh, just kind of sad. So for that reason, T-Mac 34 is my genius of the week. Hoops, I'm not yeah. really that, that impressed by the fact that you used all those facts. Like that, that's, <laughs> that's way too many facts. I mean, Sark is clearly the better coach. Right. <laughs> I, I had some pushback on this, and there was one guy – who I rarely respond with anything substantive, but some Kansas fan was talking about how wrong this was, how how Sark was clearly – he said clearly better <laughs> than Lincoln. So basically I just kind of uh, gave their career records, and his response was, oh, yeah, like career records are indicative of anything. <laughs> That's like the main indicator, isn't it? I mean... And at that point I realized, look – there's no reasoning with this guy. I mean, the the least amount of games Riley has ever won in a season is nine. He's never won less than nine games. Sark has never won more than nine games. Uh, he's only won nine once. That's the other thing, too. He's only exactly. he's only, only won nine games one time in eight years. And he's been at yeah. USC in Texas. It's not like he was in places where he couldn't recruit and didn't have the resources. Right. I mean – yeah, I. Well, and, uh, and I mean, Raleigh went to USC. It's not like they were coming off a great year. They were what four and eight. They were yeah. down for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he came. They went from four and eight to whatever they were in the last year, nine and three, or nine and four, or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. he brought a bunch of guys with him, but he's he's written his his script, and uh, it's the worst cliche ever. But as an offensive genius, as Joy said before, yeah. so, like, guys want to play for somebody that's going to play in this wide-open offense. So you can't even, like, you can't even argue that, really. Well, and plus, I mean, being, I, part of being a coach is being able to bring in the guy, bring in the, the guys to play, right? I mean, that's that's a whole lot of it at that level, is being able to recruit and have guys who want to play for you. I would vote for you who's – I'm voting for MBG just for pity. (laughs) It's just, it's starting to feel like, I mean, Joy, this is before your time. And Casey, that wouldn't have been before Casey's. But my first year in college, the Orioles lost their first 21 games of the season. And it's starting to feel like that a little bit. The the 1988 (laughs) baseball season. So we got to get MBG off the schneid one of these days here. Not to pile on there, MBG, of course. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to happen. One day it's going to happen. All right, before we start on this week's message board post, we want to give a quick shout-out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. We're doing another T-shirt giveaway this week with Saturday's Count. You can find their merch at saturdayscount.com. The first person to log in with the promo code MBG after the podcast drops on Friday can win a free T-shirt from the school of your choice. Saturday's Count has the greatest tagline in college football. Only so many Saturdays make them count. All right, so, MBG, what do you have lined up for us this week? In our first couple episodes, we all talked about our favorite message board guy. You know, um, uniformly across message boards, you always find kind of the same types of guys that post the same type uh, types of uh, posts. And one guy we didn't talk about, which I encountered this week on a couple different boards, was the message board guy who likes to invent interactions or make up interactions that he has with rival fans like out in out in public and so there were two of these that i found this week one from a georgia board which was hilarious and another one from a tennessee board the one from the georgia board was a little bit long so i'm not going to read the whole post but this was a guy who is telling a story about encountering an ohio state fan while on a 10-day princess cruise he says he bumped into some guy wearing an ohio state cap and immediately, this is how he says his conversation went. Oh, you're an Ohio State fan, huh? Well, I'm a Georgia fan. He said it in a friendly tone of voice, though, and he introduced himself. At this point, the Ohio State fan, he says, became instantly irate and was almost <laughs> yelling in his face and spitting as he talked, talking about how there was no way that Georgia beat them fair and square in the semifinal game. And this Georgia fan says he responded, staying calm, of course, that the play in question was reviewed and it showed that the hit was not to the head but to the shoulder and that it was legal. And he stays calm, he says. And then he says the Ohio State fan starts accusing Georgia players of being criminals and he doesn't understand what he's talking about. And then he sees him again the next day. And the Ohio State fan is still mad, talking to him about how Georgia doesn't play anybody tough. 
and then they get into an argument about who's won the most titles and he says that he gives some mic drop line at the end that says but that they'll have national championship number eight at the end of this season and apparently that just sent the Ohio State fan away in tears um, with this interaction you guys believe that happened exactly no you know you know why there's no way it happened like this there's no parking. There's no parking. Yeah. There's, I, mean, <laughs> I literally said, like, I wrote it down while you were ta- going over it. The Georgia fan was completely clutching their pearls. I know that's a who's line. And <laughs> how much do you want to bet? He didn't. He didn't say any of those words. He just barked them at. Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, just uh, the way the detail in here, because the, the, first of all, the exchange, according to him, happened over a period of three days, right? <laughs> And according to the Georgia guy, he just stayed completely calm, and the other dude just became irate every single. I'm thinking after like the first conversation, if somebody becomes irate and freaks out, maybe you just avoid him for the rest of the cruise. But according to this guy, he keeps just reapproaching him and you know remaining calm, and this guy keeps you know losing it every time. Just uh, if it did happen, it's I would say a little bit self-serving in the retelling, probably. Where I live, those are the both home teams. So literally there's so many Ohio people down where I live in Georgia. So I love when they get into it where, where I am. Like if we're at a bar, there's a restaurant or something, you just sit back and listen and watch. So I've seen similar conversations like this. But again, the Georgia fan was barking the entire time. But have any of you ever approached just some random guy in a rival team gear, whether you're out on vacation or just out in public, and just start talking junk with him? Yes. No. <laughs> okay, I believe that Joy would do that. I did it at my pool the other day. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Some guy was in a Florida hat, and then he played Colin Batters on a speaker. And I said, "Those two things don't coexist. So take the hat off or turn the song off." But we're like, we're not doing this. And then he came down to start talking to me, and then another guy walked by in an Arkansas hat, and it was during the LSU Arkansas baseball series. And I was like, "Sir, I'm going to need you to remove your hat off." Like that's that's not allowed. And he, and then I said, "Did you go to Arkansas?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, I played lacrosse there." And then I was like, "Okay, that's all I really need to know. This conversation's over. Go take it." Wait, so these convers so I shouldn't be too hard on these guys. These conversations actually do take place in public. No, they do one hundred percent. I will talk to anyone and arrival anything. Well, man, I take back everything I said. Then I have no, don't I mean, do it. No, don't take it back. But like, so I'm sure someone's come up to me at some point and said something like, "You probably smell like a corn dog or something." So like, I'm prepared. I mean, they've at least thought it. One hundred percent. I could smell like worse things. The thing that was believable about this exchange, though, would be the Ohio State fan refusing to admit that they lost and saying that Georgia cheated, and that was the only reason, right? I think, Casey, that's your thing, right? That's where I teetered. That's where I teetered, yeah. (laughs) They've never lost. I'm surprised Uh, he said they only have have eight titles. They should have, like, (laughs) 37,000. Well, my advice here is if you're on a cruise, just leave it behind. Enjoy your cruise. No. (laughs) Those princess cruises are It's so funny that you said this because I was on a cruise last year and literally – was talking to someone on the way off the cruise ship onto the excursion about college football. Like, no, this is who I am, MBG. Man, I guess I guess I need to become a little more intense then. Next time I see a Boise State shirt or a BYU shirt around ten, I'm gonna I'm gonna go after them. Yeah. Maybe that's why, because the your rival fan bases aren't that popular. <laughs> <laughs> If you go to Disneyland, you're going to see about 45% of the population there are BYU fans. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They love the princesses there? Oh, man. BYU, yeah, Disneyland makes all their money off uh, BYU fans, I think. Well, it's because they all get married at such young ages that they go to Disney World for their honeymoons. You're, you're not far off there. <laughs> Next. <laughs> All right, next. So this next post is from Reddit, which still counts as a message board. This was a, a bit of a back and forth between Michigan State fans and, well, I think it was just all Michigan State fans. 
So there was a guy named Two Step Halloween, and they were talking about the transfer portal and Jaden Akins, and he says, Akins is not going anywhere despite what Michigan is trying to do. Uh, a guy named Don Kelly Baby 32 responds and says, what are they trying to do? And he says, their coaching staff is asking the college basketball social media personalities to tweet that Akins is being misused, underutilized, in an effort to lure him away from MSU to Michigan. Tampering. So he's accusing Michigan of enlisting social media personalities to lure Jaden Aikens away from Michigan State. Man, if I had a nickel. Do, do you think a college basketball player or a college football player would be lured away by what people on Twitter were tweeting? No. I, I sure hope not. But maybe that's my faith in humanity. I mean, I, I don't know why guys leave half the time now, but that, that would seem like it would be pretty far down the list. Like, number, I, I'm pretty sure number one is money. Yeah, I, I don't think, you know, people on Twitter really have any impact on it. I will say I, I did a, a search on Twitter to see if I could find anything supporting this. And the funniest thing I found was somebody, you know, how this AI chat stuff has become huge all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Somebody put in write a tweet in the style of Magic Johnson, tweeting what he thinks is praise of Michigan State's Jaden Akins, but it's actually backhanded insults. And then the tweet was, big props to Jaden Akins of MSU basketball. Kid's got potential, but man, he's got a lot to work on. He needs to step up his game and polish those skills. Maybe he'll make a name for himself someday. That just, I don't know if you guys ever see any of Magic's tweets, but like, that's scary how dead on. <laughs> the AI is with, with certain things. But yeah, I didn't see anything else. I mean, I didn't see anything from Michigan supporting this, so I don't know if he just pulled this out of thin air or what. No, a rival making up something about another rival? I've never <laughs> seen that before. I, I just don't see that happening, but I, I don't know the inner workings. I just, it's so rare that someone will go to a direct rival. Well, it's been done. There's been two Clemson football players, two Clemson baseball players that went to South Carolina within the last five years. So I know it's been done, but I don't know. I just have a hard time believing that it's true. And it's definitely not true because some Momo heard on, on Twitter. But, have you heard the rumor about Caden Shedrick, where he might be going? Don't say Virginia Tech. Now worse. Duke? <laughs> that's that's one of the rumored destinations. Yeah, it's so... That, that guys go, it, that would mean in the last like three years we've had guys go to NC State, UNC, and Duke. So I, I mean, it would be crazy to me because he's—I don't think he's going to play at Duke. But yeah, that's the rumor on the street. So not with Philipowski coming back. I, well, that's—I it, think it would be a mistake. But yeah, I generally don't begrudge guys going wherever they want to go. But yeah, it's a little tough if they go to a rival. Having said that, I, I don't think there's any like kind of plot on the part of Michigan to plant. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they just, you know, like, there are easier ways to get the guy to go there than this roundabout way of getting Twitter people to try and influence him. Yeah. Usually the coaches or NIL. Right. NIL will be the big one. Well, on that same note, do any of your schools, do you, ever, do you feel like any of your schools have any media members that are enemies to your school who are out to get your school? Absolutely. National, national, yes, national ones. LSU, who is your media? Who is your media member enemy? Um, his name is Glenn Gilbo, and his at is LSU Beat Tweet. He actually follows me, but I have him muted, and or I don't even follow him back, and I have him muted so his tweets don't pop up because all he does is bash LSU, and he is that his literal job is to post about LSU sports, but he literally never has one good thing to say about LSU sports in general and will bash us at every turn. I'm still not entirely sure how he still has a job, but he is our like most hated media member. No one at LSU likes him or follows him or listens to what he has to say. Does, does Clemson have enemies? Nationally, Dan Wolken from uh, Yahoo Sports is the, is definitely an animal, enemy of the people. Like he just puts out eight slam pieces on Dabo Sweeney uh, almost yearly. It used to be a thing, and it was Stu, Stuart Mandel did it too. Back when Deshaun Watson and even Trevor Lawrence were there, the players decided they wanted to stay off social media. And so it wasn't a mandated thing. It was just the players decided they wanted to stay off social media, so they did. 
and it turned into Stuart Mandel every year saying that Dabo Sweeney was making them stay off social media to the point where even Sweeney said something, and he says some d- dumb things. There's no question about that. But he said something in, in a press conference that was like, this guy has never reached out to me once. So he's throwing all these opinion pieces out, and Dan Wolken does the same thing. Uh, yeah, so those are the two that really are, are slam pieces. As far as the internal guys and gals, I don't think so. I, I think they're all pretty fair and and fanboys and girls. Virginia? I mean, I, I already slandered Pat Forty on here enough, so I'll, I'll give him a break. Uh, but our other one is uh, Seth Davis, who yeah. is a, a Duke stan and always has us ranked way lower than anyone else does. Like every time a new poll comes out, he's, I mean, literally somebody actually did the research on this. And by that, I mean, they sent a tweet about it. I don't know if they actually researched it or I didn't fact check it, but it was something like, you know, some, however many like polls in a row, he had had us rated at least five spots lower than anybody else did. And so I I hate follow him. I, I don't know why I follow him because he just makes me angry, but I, I, I can't, I can't unfollow him for some reason. So yeah, those are the 40 just pops up every couple of years. Seth Davis is the one who throughout every basketball season just makes me angry over and over again. Well, I asked that because there was a post on the war chant, which is the Florida state side. I didn't realize that there were people felt like there were media members that were out to get them, but apparently that <laughs> that does happen. And this guy says the top media members who are FSU enemies no matter what they say or do, always remember these media members have a bias, hate for FSU, and will do everything in their power to cast FSU in the worst possible way. Feel free to add to the list. And so he gives his list. And this is the reason why the, the very first one is the only reason why this post made it on the show. His post, number one, he says, Paul Feinbaum, a.k.a. Paul Fartbaum. <laughs> and then Mark Schlebach and Mike Bianchi. But apparently Paul Fartbaum is an enemy to Florida State. And apparently that's partly because he doesn't think that they should be in the SEC. Well, I think another caveat to this is that we probably, as fans of our own team, probably read into it a little bit too much. But And, and you know, we protect our own, as we've said on this show numerous times. We absolutely protect our own. We saw it with South Carolina fans' response to our Shane Beamer thing a few weeks ago. So I, I think maybe we read too much into it. Well, if you think about it, though, I'm sure all journalists have some personal biases. That no matter how much they try to hide them, uh, they probably manifest themselves uh, from time to time. So Bianchi is a Florida alum. That, I think he's a Florida alum that lives in Orlando. I mean, it's not even uh, close to Tallahassee, so he, I could definitely see that being the case. Paul Feinbaum also makes a ton of money from the SEC. He's an SEC guy. He works for the SEC Network. Like all media members, there are certain things I'm sure he can and cannot say. And I'm sure he's not just going to come out and be like, yeah, so-and-so should 100% be in the Southeastern Conference. Like, he's not going to do that. And they expect they want something from him that he's not even capable of giving, even if he wanted to. Yeah, I, I just tend to think every other school who thinks writers are out to get them are making it up. But I feel totally justified in my <laughs> you said it better than I did. That's exactly what my thought was. Like when I read this Florida State post, I literally was thinking, oh my God, this is so stupid. And then MBG, as soon as you asked that question, I was like, oh yeah, they're totally people biased against us. So that's Seth Davis and Quint Kesnick is against I, across. Look, I really just wanted to say Paul, Paul Fartbaum. That's all I wanted to do. <laughs> we spent 15 minutes talking, and really all I wanted to do was say Paul Fartbaum. <laughs> It's just an so, excuse to say fart bomb on the air. Self-serving. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I've got one, another one, and this is the cringiest post uh, of the week by far that comes from the Big Spur. And the title of the post is Pearl Harbor. So there is, they have a recruit. His name is Nickel. I think it's pronounced Nicholas. It's spelled a little odd, but Nicholas Harbor. And he says, Nicholas is the pearl of this class. Call him Pearl Harbor, to which this post gets downloaded into oblivion (laughs) (laughs) for obvious reasons. Well, I should hope so. This gave me hope for humanity at South Carolina. Okay, that's a huge deal right there, right? (laughs) It really is. I mean, 
literally gave me hope. I, you just, you, I don't know. There's just certain things that you, I mean, I think so, this guy was thinking it was funny, but it's not. Sometimes I see stuff like that and I'm like, okay, how do you think that? Type it, <laughs> proofread it, hit post, and then just let it sit there and still think it was a good idea. Like at some point, like you could delete that post. <laughs> at any time. At no point in that process did he did he have a second thought about that post, which was strange. I liked his name, The Insider 2001. He's got clout. He, he does. I'll tell you what's going to bother me is this is this post is going to have more people read it and get more traction than the nickname I tried to give one of our basketball players, Tane Murray. <laughs> I tried to get Pootie Tane going, and it did not catch on at all, and I'm still upset about it. So. What year was that? <laughs> That was the last two years. He's still on the oh, team. Right. Pootie would be the greatest nickname ever. Well, how is Jerome Tang? How has no one ever called him Pootie Tang? <laughs> what message boards was this on again? Big Spur. Big Spur. Oh, well, Big that Spur. makes all the sense in the world. Completely and totally on brand. I had a question for you guys. It, it, this isn't something we talked about beforehand. Do you guys have anyone from your schools who you think had a particularly cool nickname? Like football, basketball, whatever sport. Anyway. Uh, mine's obviously Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete. That's, that's one of the best college sports nicknames ever. Ever. I mean, we used to have a guy they called the Dunking Albino, but that's <laughs> the best I can remember. That's that one. <laughs> what? The Dunking <laughs> Albino? Yeah. That's Stan Pepic. That's almost, I told you that my one college buddy we call Vanilla Thunder. So that's kind of in the same vein there. We had the judge. He's a Clemson le- legend, and for Jeff Davis, he, they called him the judge. And then we had another guy named William Refrigerator Perry. Oh, the fridge! So that was a good nickname too. Yeah, I've met the fridge before. I'm sorry. <laughs> so my two favorite ones for UVA. One is old school. Is uh, Bill Dudley, who played you know back in like the 40s. His bullet Bill Dudley, which is cool. But then uh, Heath Miller who was tight end at UVA, played for the Steelers for a bunch of years. Just a quiet, like, you know, guy, like, worked really hard. And his nickname uh, at UVA was Big Money, which was so, like, contradictory to his personality. So, I just, I don't know. I thought that was super cool. I love that they did, like, Michael Mayer at Notre Dame, and I do not like Notre Dame. They did, they played the Halloween theme for every yeah, time yeah, yeah. they caught a ball. I thought that was neat. All right, so I just wanted to be fair. We did the South Carolina post, so I feel like we have to close out with a Clemson post. Oh, show's over. Um, show's over. Go ahead, who's Just close out the close out the show. And I, I honestly, I know he's going to deny this, but I really think this is Casey's board <laughs> class of 1994, and it says that's when I was born. Well, oh god, <laughs> is it real? Wait, is it really? Yeah, I was finishing my first career. In 1994. <laughs> I just wanted to make all of you feel old. Jesus. Well, this guy, Casey, says, does anybody have a good recipe for deep fried beaver? Last year, I was tailgating with some friends in the North Lot. The guy parked next to them asked how we liked our beaver. Perplexed. I looked over, and that dude was literally skinning, breading, and frying them right at his tailgate. And let me tell you, Dadding Thomas, is something. That stuff was delicious i almost embarrassed myself with all the gorging and whatnot anyway if anybody knows that guy or knows his recipe i would be most grateful feel free to t-mail me in private if the recipe is a family secret so if anyone out there has a good deep fried beaver recipe for casey um go ahead and send it in are we are we allowed to laugh at this or <laughs> i don't know is it a joke casey i don't or is it legit? i mean I'm just so proud of us for going to TigerNet and it not being from Fast Chat, you know? <laughs> Casey, do they research. eat fried beaver? Oh, maybe who's did the research on it? I did I did some research. Go ahead. So, you, you hear the questions that I researched. Is eating beaver healthy? Yes. What? Uh, it, it, is beaver good eating? These are the questions that are coming up. It says, uh, eating beaver may sound disagreeable, but we guarantee it will be worth the taste. These are these are good Google questions that all came up. Uh, what does beaver taste like? It has a deep woodsy character, without any off flavors. Lean but succulent. And do you know the the one 
possible side effect of eating fried beaver. Like apparently it can be fried or prepared in other ways. Uh, you can get beaver fever, which apparently is explosive diarrhea from <laughs> something that, something, if I that had beaver, a nickel. <laughs> something that beavers come into contact with. It's GR the Giardiasis, I think is the, the, the medical term. Yeah, we don't have any doctors. Um, so, yeah. No, we just have so, Beaver fever is an actual uh, ailment? It, I swear, yes, it is. You get a little beaver fever, huh? <laughs> it happens, I'm telling you. <laughs> I've seen well, some strange stuff in tailgating at Clemson, but I don't think I've ever seen beaver. I've never say, seen anybody with beaver fever? <laughs> I've had beaver fever. <laughs> but I didn't eat the beaver. I'm good. I'm not contributing to this conversation. (laughs) Hey, look, look, the first way to not get beaver fever is to know about beaver fever. (laughs) It's the first step. (laughs) Now, everybody is educated that beaver fever is a thing. But you gotta understand that's this guy that's parked next to him in the north lot. He he must know how to avoid the fever. You know, I mean, you you gotta cook your beaver all the way through. Yeah, the way stadium through. is not that large, so if too many people got beaver fever, they know <laughs> it would go around really quick. Real quick, it spreads. It does. Yeah. It does spread. Y'all are disgusting. <laughs> I'm doing a public service. What are you talking about? <laughs> Who's decided to remove his glasses? He's the lavatory. <laughs> Casey's covering his face. <laughs> if MBG wasn't driving, God knows what he'd be doing. Hey, I I just want people to look out for beaver fever. This is a PSA. Lean but succulent. That's that's a direct quote. I'm just over here trying to figure out if LSU plays Oregon State anytime soon because you know them ratchet Cajuns would be cooking a beef <laughs> on two seconds flat. I'm going well, to that do. game. We're going to have a show meet, meet up at that game. I'm pretty sure there's no Oregon State LSU series planned. But oh, it could happen in Omaha. Well, MHVR 37 says that the conference realignment that Oregon State's heading to the SEC. That's right. <laughs> Did they? Well, I'm, I'm sure at some point. Yeah, you're right. Week, and I'm getting married week. next month. Congratulations, Joy. <laughs> Uh, we should end before anybody gets any beaver fever. <laughs> I'm about to say I have beaver fever just to leave the call, leave the recording. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review. If you leave us a five star review, we might read it on the air. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com, and we'll see you next time, losers. <laughs>